We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, here we go. It's a Red Friday in Kansas City. Red Friday is brought to you by ComCare. Call or text 988 for 24-7 mental health support. Hope everybody's having a good start to the day. Guess a little snow in the forecast today. You already got people in Miami worrying about next Sunday if they were coming to Kansas City where it's supposed to be even colder, which is fantastic. I would love that. It, it, I don't want Miami coming here. I would prefer Pittsburgh. But if you tell me it's going to be Miami, let it be miserably cold, please. That's perfectly fine with me. Perfect start because it's a club 610. Yeah. And uh, our gambling event, as you know, sometimes is a little bit of a messy operation from a drinking perspective. I always got to plan what I'm going to drink the entire night. I think I'm talking about his family, start... his family event, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Not the, not the uh, playoff Pilsner release. That's a week from now. You're still more than welcome to come. You want to hang out, have a drink, wager some money. You know, one of two things would happen. Either the alcohol will make my voice way better or it's going to destroy it again. It's actually, we're, we're making progress here. I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. Now we will drink a little bit during club 610 today. Uh, but uh, I, something tells me, Drinking all night is not the best they thing say for whiskey. the voice. They say whiskey can be good for it. Can you know? be, yeah. But we're already recovering. The voice is getting stronger. Is it? Well, it's it a 10 o'clock the same. It's a 10 o'clock I out. feel like it sounds. It sounded more normal today. Okay. Yeah, it is. It, I think it, it 10 o'clock hour, we're, we're off to a better start, man. I think the congestion is throwing me off a little bit. I'll yeah, admit. well, that, that's happening um, too. But the voice, I think, is a little stronger. And naturally, as the show goes on, it'll get a little worse. But we'll be good. Monday, everybody's feeling good, hopefully. Everybody's off to a good start on a Friday. Yeah, I've got no I brought, complaints. Oh, I brought the Reese's peanut butter cups. I might have to take those out of the backpack, but uh, I brought the snack size ones that you gifted. And at some point, we're going to get one in there and you're going to cut them into pieces so we can get a taste yeah, test or yeah, or I'll uh, we'll do something. Yeah, okay. I, I, that to find out if you think they taste different. Okay. I don't know how we can. We'll, we'll figure out how we want to actually do it. We can just do it at Club 610 with Aaron Ladd. Four voices instead of three. It's a better way to take a look at it. That way we get a sense of, uh, you know. Uh, if we agree with your assessment, and look, I, I don't want to claim to be a bigger expert on eating Reese's peanut butter cups than you, because I'm not. <laughs> that would be like me I just saying know that, if, like, if the, taste the is... fajita veggies taste different at Chipotle. Right. You would be a better person to ask answer that question. I just want to know if the regular Reese's peanut butter cups that you just get at the store and our company kitchen are different than the bulk snack size ones you bought me, and I think they're mm-hmm. different. That's all. Okay, we'll find out. I got you a whole tub full of them, so I might have to bring the whole tub in. I just don't think it, it's a lot to get through for one person. If you had more people but in if your they house, I think it'd be different. But if they don't taste as good, man, I'll be honest. Like, You're going to get through them slower. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have the desire to eat them as much as I did before if they're not going to taste the same. That's all. Uh, coming up a little bit later on today, 11 o'clock, Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride, is going to join us. Also, as you already mentioned, Club 610, Aaron Ladd is our special guest today. From Club 610, he was at the Cotton Bowl last week. Uh, obviously, he's a Missouri Tiger fan and grad. And so we'll talk a little college football, national title game on Monday night. And, of course, let's be honest, we're not talking about the Chiefs and Chargers. We're talking bigger picture with the Chiefs because this game on Sunday doesn't mean anything, and none of us have any interest in bla- breaking down Blaine Gabbard and Easton Stick. Um, not particularly. Um, I mean, I don't think that we're going to come into this day unless it's Blaine Gabbard throws for 330 yards and be like, well, at least I got some confidence that they need him to make yeah. the – the one Chad Henney throw, I guess he's got it in the back pocket. I mean, it's easy to forget that Chad Henney went 97 yards on a touchdown drive in an inevitable Super Bowl run last year, but he did. So every once in a while, on occasion, you do need your backup quarterback in the postseason to do something, or if you're the Browns, your fourth quarterback of the year to lead your team to the playoffs, then you're the case. So, I mean, maybe a little, but not a lot. But when I was looking back at last week's game against Cincinnati and the way that they specifically talked, After that game, something stood out to me about the way Travis Kelsey talked on his podcast, New Heights, on Wednesday. He had said to Jason when talking about that game, he's like, the energy, the 
what it felt normal again. The energy on the team felt normal again. It felt like us. And what I realized is that it that Cincinnati had re-energized them to like hate again, to be motivated again. And I think for a little bit this season, they probably lost some of that confidence, motivation, swag, surf ride, the clip of Willie Gay asking for it to play. They had lost some of that. One, because they weren't playing good football. Two, for the obvious reasons we talk about any team. It's boring to play in the regular season if you're a Kansas City Chief. It just is. They've been in Super Bowls and AFC title games. You get kind of numb to it to a point. And Cincinnati woke them back up again for a minute. My hope is, is that it re-energized them for the playoff run. Did they get re-energized because Cincinnati or did they get re-energized, Cody, because the week before they had one of their worst performances in the Patrick Mahomes era against the Raiders and got embarrassed on Christmas Day at Arrowhead and all of a sudden it became a real, all all of a sudden it became a real scenario that uh, if we mess around uh, this division could even be problematic for us just speaking for them, right? Like that, that to me was a lot of it. Yeah. I'm sure Cincinnati talking a little smack about uh, Legere scene, obviously fired up, obviously fired up the defense. I mean that they were talking right back to Jamar chase right away. So I, I think there's some truth to that. But, man, I, I think a lot of it is you got embarrassed the week before, and so you're going to fight back and punch back the next week and be a little bit stronger and more energetic. And suddenly the three seed and the division became a real threat to lose. That automatically is also going to get you to play, I think, a little bit better. To me, that's what it is a little bit more than, hey, they realize what it was like to play a playoff opponent, the Cincinnati Bengals. But it's not just that they beat them. They beat them like they were sneakily dominant in that game. I know that you're going to be like, look yeah. at all the field goals. Dude, I, sneakily most, dominant. Most, they were a fourth down, fourth and go, or a fourth down stop if they don't get it to being down double digits, man. But they they made that stop. I mean, I understand yeah, what you're speaking you hypothetical. Domi- well, you're speaking hypothetical. Single, you're saying every it's dominant. Sing, every single moment of that game after that was complete control. Offensively, defensively, special teams, it was lopsided. Completely like control lopsided. The, control the they game. They scored I don't on know if they seven were. different possessions. Like a lot of this, and I understand some of this is. We can, there's still the problems that they have, and I'm not pretending like the red zone stuff is not an issue, but this was the most, this isn't the most complete win they've had because they beat, I don't know, whatever it was, Chicago by a million, or when they beat the Raiders or the Chargers earlier in the season by a couple of touchdowns. This is the most together they had looked in eight weeks. And I think a lot of that, again, was because Cincinnati. All that talk leading up to it, this feels like a team that, you know, they faced them in the AFC title game last year. You start getting some of that playoff juice bubbling a little bit again, and then you find yourself in there. They are an I mean, imperfect they, team, and I'm not going to try to claim yeah. you that this is the thing that propels them all the way to the Super Bowl because they just beat Cincinnati. Yeah. Then they got to take this, like, mini bye week against the Chargers before actually facing a postseason team. It was just a reminder to me of what this team can do in, like, do-or-die situations. Yes, the worst games of the that, year are not that. That's exactly what you said. That's to me what it was more. It was a do or die situation in terms of they were in danger of losing their playoff spot. That's more than it was. Hey, it was it was Cincinnati? Because again, like you're mentioning, like they got the playoff juices reminded. They played Philadelphia earlier this year. They played them tough too, right? Like they played Philadelphia. That was they, before they Philadelphia the, fell off a complete cliff. And, and they they played Philadelphia. They played in the Super Bowl. So I, I think there's probably some truth to both, if we're being honest. But uh, ultimately, yeah, they're going to have to play with that kind of energy come playoff time. And it, it was refreshing to see. They did some things better. I, I Control the game, I probably agree with more than like a, like they dominated Cincinnati. I think they, yes, they, they controlled the game. That's the style of game they're going to have to win. We've all discussed that throughout the week. That's the style of game they're going to have to win where the offense is not going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. The defense is going to need to get you a big stop. You're going to have to win ugly. There's going to be moments of frustration. Like, I think, yes, that game is probably the style of game they have to win. But like I, I don't necessarily think they were dominant in the entire performance um, against Cincinnati. And again, we're not going to know until uh, the, the wild card game if anything from that game actually carries over because this weekend you can't judge this game at all for what it means for the postseason for Kansas City, like at all. Like you said it yesterday, you're correct, that if Justin Ross has a big game, people will freak oh, out. Be ready but it, for it, Ross. it will have no Same bearing. Same with Richie James, by yeah. the way. If Richie James, for some reason, goes for 80 yards. You're going to be banging and, the and, table for more postseason and, Richie James, too. At least Richie James is actually starting to play, though. Yeah. Like Justin Ross, he could have 75 yards. I don't think he's getting 50 snaps in the wild card game. Are you betting on um, any Justin Ross props? I actually think he might get a touchdown in the game, though, because just he is going to get an opportunity. Like the Chiefs will get a touchdown or two in this game against the Chargers. And so uh, Blaine Gabbert is a former starter in this league. I think he is capable of getting the ball to guys that are able to, I mean, it's a bad defense like the Chargers to get open. So I could see Justin Ross getting a red zone touchdown. I think he's plus 400 ish 
to uh, to get an anytime touchdown. Ross is okay. So you're betting anytime yeah. Justin Ross. Other than that, I have no interest really in betting the game. I mean, it just you're not betting yardage totals for Gabbert. No, the like spread. Definitely not the spread in this game. Three no. and a, the Chiefs are three and a half point dogs. Like, and I, just, I have no idea which way that's going to go, by the way. The Chiefs could lose by 10 or win by 10, and I'm not really sure. Yeah. And anywhere in between. And I wouldn't be shocked based on the players that they're playing. And then we ride into this other part, which is we've had these conversations a little bit throughout the season, which is all right, we should still probably take a second and appreciate the current run that they're on and what they've been doing. Because to this point, this has been the worst season of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I guess the question you're now asking yourself is, will this be the worst ever? Yeah, I was thinking about this more. I mean, I, this is probably, for some people, they're going to have to wait to see the, the end product, right? Does it result in a wild card loss? Yeah, no, or, let's play the hypothetical but, game. But yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm going through it. And, and so I think for some, that might be the way they go about. But I was thinking more about the regular season. And right this second, when you look at this team, if this is as bad as it gets, think about that. And I, I think there, if there's a healthy Mahomes this season where they might win 10 games is going to be as bad as it gets. I'm talking about a healthy Mahomes, not a year where he misses eight games or something. But assuming Mahomes is healthy, I do think as long as Mahomes and Reed are together, this regular season will be as bad as it gets, which is hilarious to say out loud because bad. They're going to win 10 games at least, if not 11 games, and they won the division for an eighth straight year. So let's put that that part in perspective. I think it's important. But as long as Mahomes is healthy, yeah, I don't I don't think they're having years with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid together, assuming everybody is healthy that needs to be important like Mahomes, that this is going to be ever a seven or eight win football team. No. So Tom Brady had two nine win seasons. Yeah. That was the worst of his career. One was like in his third year with in the less league. games and one was in his third year in the league and one was in his final year in Tampa Bay when they finished nine and eight and still made the postseason. Less games um, than the first year, though, right? The first yeah. time around. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Only- but again, still nine. And, and obviously, Patrick Mahomes is at 10 right now. In this last game, they're not even, they would have been 10 and six if it was a regular season, which is certainly there. But probably, like, you may be honest, probably. You're probably watching the worst year of the Andy, re, worst regular season of the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes era. What's funny is it might not still be the worst year because I can't, look, I'm no longer predicting it. But I can't, in good conscience, rule out the possibility the Chiefs can still win the Super Bowl. That'd be foolish. I can't rule it out. Um, like, it's just not plausible based on who they are, what they've been. Even even in a down year, what are they, the, the third best team in the AFC? The second best team in the AFC, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think we're probably looking at the worst regular season of Mahomes' career. And just as a reminder... Lamar Jackson, who is going to be the MVP, he's like minus a billion or whatever to win it, right? Yeah, it's done. He's a lock. So he's going to win the MVP. Patrick Mahomes has more total yards, more total touchdowns, the exact same amount of turnovers. Like they have been statistically the same quarterback, and this is the worst year we've seen out of Mahomes. Are you kidding? And that that other guy's going to win MVP, by the way. Just win total. They might That's run away why with it's the too. worst. It's win total. Uh, after all the talk all year about how this is such a up in the air MVP season and who's going to win it, all that. The way the last couple weeks have gone, and to Lamar's credit, right, it wasn't just against random teams. Lamar went on a primetime stage and beat the Niners. He went on a huge stage last week and blew out the Miami Dolphins and threw for five touchdowns. And the MVP award is flawed. We've discussed this. It's like the Heisman Trophy award now. You play a big primetime slot game and have a huge game, and, and everybody all of a sudden crowns you the new favorite. But yeah, he's going to run away with it. And this statistically season for Mahomes, knowing what the wide receiver room has been like, knowing all the drops and leading the NFL in drops, yeah, it does put things in perspective a little bit in terms of anybody freaking out nationally. Nobody is locally, I don't think. Well, it hasn't been Mahomes' best year, and he's made some mistakes. Still, statistically, he's going to come out having a season that most quarterbacks would would love to have in their NFL career. And when you mention, hey, like you're not ruling them out for the Super Bowl, like I, I know, I, I know, I can't odd, in good conscience. I know odds aren't everything, right? It doesn't guarantee or predict the future, but the Chiefs still do have the fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, like think about that. That's nuts. Like, just in terms of how everybody's talked about the team this yeah, year. Yeah, especially because the Ravens and the 49ers, you know, are one and two. Because they are, yeah. they are the top teams in the AFC and NFC, and everybody the, agrees the, upon that. And they're still fourth. Yeah, the Chiefs So the, the Chiefs are just buying the Cowboys, who are plus 850. The Cowboys who are going to likely be the two seed in the NFC. And, and then the Chiefs have the same odds as the Bills, who, again... Who they went wire-to-wire wire with in a game earlier this year. And what's nuts, a Bills team who still has a chance to not make the playoffs, depending on results this Correct. weekend. So just to put everything a little bit in, in perspective, the Dolphins, who could be the two seed, right, if they win, 
they're 14 to one to win the Super Bowl. Nobody believes in them, but it's not like it's just nuts. They're 14 to one, and you're getting a team that could be the two seed. A lot of this is because if you look at the, especially the AFC playoff picture, the Chiefs lost to Buffalo, but easily could have won that game, right? Because the penalty laid and all that other stuff. Then they beat Miami, one of the other teams who has the best odds. Ravens, who have the best odds, have lost to two other teams who could be in the playoff field in Indianapolis and Cleveland. So, like, they're not just running away beating every single team that's going to be in the playoff field, too. Nobody, like, the Ravens are the best team, but they're not the best team in the sense, like, when I walked into the postseason last year, and we all knew, I think we all knew, the Eagles and the Chiefs are the two best teams. And I thought that they were clearly the two best teams. I think in the NFC, you could make that argument for the 49ers. And I'm not saying the Ravens aren't the best, but I don't think it's the separation the Chiefs had on the AFC last year. And that's what the difference is and why I wouldn't rule it out. And again, if this is the worst year, unbelievable. Like, are you kidding me? Spoiled. Let's say we got to do another 10 years of sports radio in this town. If you're telling me that this is the down year, 10 and 7, let's just say they lose. 10 and 7, an AFC West title in what? Like a divisional round loss? Like, if that's if that's the bitter end, okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah, that's the floor. Like, the only other floor that could come is an old, old quarterback. You know how this works. 40-year-old Patrick Mahomes with not enough weapons around him. That's the only, that's how it happened to Tom Brady. Some of his, like, his worst years where you're like, eh, this team's not very good and has no chance to win the Super Bowl was, like, bitter end when he was making him throw to Jacoby Meyer. You know? Like, that's that's it. That's the only way I see this creeping back up worse than this. What's funny about the Jacoby Meyer thing is... <laughs> it wasn't even him. It might have been worse than him. I was going to say... He's been fine, yeah. Yeah, Jacoby Meyer actually had a really nice season this year. Plenty of people would have loved him in Kansas City, considering how everything went. went I down. still can't believe the Patriots decided to pay Juju Smith-Schuster the exact yeah. same amount of money. Wow. A, like, aging, you know, like, a body-aging Juju Smith-Schuster. They could have just brought Jacoby Meyer back for the same money, and he couldn't get on the field. Well, that goes back to the whole Bill Belichick future conversation. And, and will another team let him be a general general manager because of the general manager decisions? I guess I just saw the, the this could be, of course, the last game for Belichick this weekend as the head coach of the New England Patriots. He's out sick. He's doing his press conference remote. So Belichick oh, is sick. Got and cold, they, huh? they got a big snowstorm, I guess, coming to uh, – to New England or something like that on uh, this weekend or today or whatever. And so that, the press conference is weird. His final press conference might be remote. It's weird, weird, weird way to end it maybe for Belichick in New England. He'll have other chances to talk, but yes, it is weird. And uh, reportedly like the entire a- NFC South wants him. Maybe it'd be funny if he ended up like if they got rid of Todd Bowles, although I don't think they will. I don't think Bowles is getting fired. They're going to probably so win the division. If Even if they don't, they, they overachieved, right? With Baker Mayfield, the, the question will be Dennis Allen and Arthur Smith. Even though there's reports that Arthur Smith's not going to lose his job, but we'll, we'll see. I just think it'd be out. funny if, for some reason, he ended up as the Bucks head coach. It's just like funny to end up Uh-oh. like they both yeah. end up in Tampa Bay after leaving New England. It's just somehow funny. I right? don't know why Belichick would go to New Orleans. They're still in cap. They got cap mess. If they'll get Atlanta would be Atlanta is not the, a bad situation. Atlanta has some talent on the roster. And if you're Bill Belichick, you just go get the best veteran quarterback that money can buy. Yeah, you go with Kirk Cousins next year, and you got Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London already there in a winnable division. And I don't know if I'd want him, though, if I was a Falcons fan. I would rather well, take Ben. Kirk, I'd say I, I want a younger guy. I know we joke on this show about Kirk Cousins and all that. Like, He's a fine quarterback. Kirk Cousins is still a 9 to 11 quarterback in the league, right? Like 9th to 11th ranked quarterback in the league. I'm talking about Bill Belichick. You're saying you you I don't know uh, if Falcons fans just, would want Bill Belichick to be there uh, compared to like I think they would, who? Ben Johnson or if one I'm of these ben younger guys because if Bill goes in there and he say him and Drake London butt heads or whatever, who knows if he is in control of things, what's going to happen? And all of a sudden the roster goes from where it's at talent-wise to somewhere else. Well, I think getting, if they're giving him yeah, GM control. I mean, I that that that's the big wild card that nobody knows. If the next landing spot for Belichick, are they giving him GM control? Does is it something that he still wants? And Ben Johnson is going to be the OC of the Lions. Going to be the number one option for most of these jobs. He's obviously not taking every single job. So like, yes, Falcons fans might prefer Ben Johnson. I don't know if that's if you're Ben Johnson, is that the number one landing spot or is L.A. the Chargers with Justin Herbert your number one spot? Again, I actually think Atlanta is a somewhat appealing job just because. Divisions week. Divisions week, and you should be looking at the talent and being like, "I'm gonna get more out of Bijan, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts than that guy." You're almost an you automatic know, like, to win the to make the playoffs, uh, essentially. If you get a functional quarterback, yes, because Kirk Cousins, like you said, Gold, no matter what you think about him, he is a massive upgrade over Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke. He's a sight. So is Russell. Russell Wilson's an upgrade. Like depending on which veteran quarterback you're trying to peel off the streets, 
and there are more than normal, I feel like, this year because of how many good young quarterbacks there are in the draft. I think there's going to be, like, a musical chairs of veteran quarterbacks in which one of them does not have a job. Because, like, even Baker could make the argument and be like, hey, I can't keep my job here. What the hell? Yeah, I think he'll be back I, Tampa, I, I, didn't, I do think Tampa I will retain him. I did, And then go draft a guy late in the first and the second, whatever. You can eventually work on your replacement, but I'd be interested in Atlanta if I were – if I were Bill, if, if, you know, if it's open. Yeah, and all that stuff will start right on Monday. Monday's Black Monday in the NFL, right? Uh, when we see more of the firings happening. I don't know if we'll get Belichick's result uh, or outcome, I should say, on Monday. But there will certainly be plenty of coaching news on Monday after this weekend as, uh, as the calendar turns over to playoff football time and, and ultimately the offseason for a lot of teams in the NFL. Here in about 10 minutes, we will go into some of the big matchups for those final playoff spots that have to uh, work themselves out and certainly has implications for the Chiefs as well. Yesterday, though, the coordinators, as usual, were speaking out at Arrowhead, right? Nagy, Tobe, Steve Spagnuolo were all speaking, as were, I think, some of the position coaches. And one thing Dave Tobe mentioned again, caught your attention, was once again about the philosophy in returning punts this time. Okay, it has been scary again. Um, the special team stuff has been buried on our concern. Let's remember, it used to be a top three one last year because it was one of the obvious things that they were doing wrong consistently. But we got bigger fish to fry, bigger problems. So we've been ignoring the fact that returning punts inside the 10 has been a dicey proposition for this team a lot this year. And when Dave Tobe got asked about it yesterday, he's like, nope, you got to be aggressive in this league with punt returns. And I'm like, oh, Dave, Dave, are we doing this? Like it took him all the way until this year to accept how everyone in the league has decided kick returns work, which is don't return them. Just take them all to 25 and move on with your life. But you're going to hold on to this one. You're still holding on to punt. This team, again, unless you got Devin Hester back there, which I think maybe sometimes is what's going on in Dave Tobe's brain. He's had Devin Hester and Tyree kill and some really great punt returners like worth the risk. We'll get it done. And instead this year, every time they fielded a ball inside the 10, 90% of the time it is either they're being tackled immediately or they're losing yardage or sometimes maybe almost losing fumbles on the goal line like Richie James and causing bigger problems. Well, he caught the ball inside the end zone. <laughs> that was, he, he caught the ball inside the end zone and ret- decided to turn the punt. So I agree with you uh, that I would just, for the most part, fair catch. And I think punch, you can be a little more aggressive. Certainly on kickoff returns, I don't want them returning it. Let me play devil's advocate a little bit, though. If you're in Dave Tobe's spot, other than your prior history and the fact that you are a special teams head coach, and they're taking you, away you your could, job slowly. You you could argue if you're him, right, that, all right, last year AFC title game, one of the biggest plays of the game was what? A punt return from Sky Moore. In the Super Bowl, one of the biggest plays was what? Punt a punt from return Tony. from Tony. I'm just playing the other side for a second. Yeah. And, and, and so there's an argument to be made that like game-changing in plays can still happen. I'm with you that for the most part, nah, not, not happening. Game-changing in the negative, too. It's like Dave Tobe, this is the one thing that always killed me about the kick returns for years, and now bothers me a little bit about the punt is, he never acknowledges when it goes the other way. Like, so for how many, like, game-changing positive plays you've gotten out of there? You've mentioned two, several big ones. They probably had, like, ten, right? I'm sure they've had, like, seven or whatever over Dave Tobe's tenure over the last seven years. I mean, how many have they had where it was, like, game-changing and, like, you had the ball at the one and you had all the work to do or – you got the ball at the eight, and it essentially killed the drive instead of getting the ball at the 20. But that goes back like to it's player gotta be a awareness. Lot more than like, seven. But that that to me is, I mean, obviously it's coaching too, but like that that's just player awareness. Like Richie James, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen. He said uh, he had decided to return it uh, before the ball uh, was even kicked. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody <laughs> catch the ball on a no. punt in the end zone. Like, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen that, not even in college. Uh, that's just something unheard of. And, and yeah, I, he clearly made up his mind, as he said. Uh, before the punt return. I, overall, yes. I, either let it bounce in the end zone or, or just fair catch it. But I, I think in his shoes, you're you're probably thinking about what happened in the playoffs last year, and you're thinking about uh, you're a special teams coach. If you're a special teams coach, and all of a sudden and you say, hey, by the way, we're not going to return kicks. We're not going to do punts. And I think a lot of special teams coaches like, what am I are supposed to do? about their job security long-term down well, the road. Make sure Butker puts the ball between the, the yeah. uprights and – Make sure Tommy Townsend's good at, you know, you're good at your own punt coverage. I get it. I understand, like, the diminishing of the role and, like, that feeling of that probably, like, running backs felt like 15 years ago when you're like, whoa, 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 why try to squeeze me out of this equation? I get it. I understand. But that's the way of the land. Adapt or die. That's the way the league has worked forever. Just because fullback eventually became a position that did not exist anymore didn't mean you get to just hold on to fullbacks forever. And he did. By the way, he held on to fullbacks till the bitter end. And then eventually the Broncos took on Michael Burton instead of the Chiefs. 
Like you, you adapt or die. That's just the way this works. And I think it took him a little while, but he's come around on kick returns. All I'm saying is maybe take a little harder look at how oft, how about selective aggressiveness with the punt return? I'm not saying never. I'm just saying sometimes you got to tell Richie James that if your feet are in the end zone, get the hell away from that football. Get away from that football. Yeah, obviously You're not taking that, that one back. Obviously that can't happen. But what you're saying is only return the ones you know are going to be good. That's, on your what, fake that's, what, that's what everybody's saying. It just work sounds on like your he... fake punt packages. Just only, only return the ones you know are going to be great, right, Cody? That, that's basically what, where we're at. Just, I just, just got to know before it happens. You know, Only return the ones that are going to be great. I'm not saying he can't take a chance every once in a while. I'm saying he takes too many. <laughs> Let's say he does 20 of these, and I'm like, I don't like any of those. Can we get it to 10? Can we find a compromise between Dave Tobe and I where we can find a good <laughs> middle ground of aggressiveness where I understand every play can't work all the time, but you're also acting like they're going to work all the time or that they can't go bad. I'd like the I'd like the inverse of that. I also think the Super Bowl is a time where that selective aggressiveness works in your favor, Gold, where taking those big risks makes sense to me sometimes more in the postseason and more in the Super Bowl because of the benefit of you could win a Super Bowl with this decision. Regular season games, you can kind of play the like, mm, let's play it closer to the vest for 17, yeah. 18 weeks. Again, just playing the other side again. With the offensive struggles this year, is there something to be said that you feel like you actually might need, might need a bigger play on special teams this year? Our argument used to be just give the ball to Mahomes at the 25 right. and he'll put the ball in the damn end zone. Don't worry about it. This year's a little tougher for that argument, in fairness. All right, there are massive games starting tomorrow afternoon with Pittsburgh and Baltimore and then wrap it up on Sunday night with Buffalo and Miami. Let's go through a couple of these because they have major implications for the Chiefs and who could be coming to Kansas City next weekend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Cody and Gold, just getting started still here on a Red Friday. We're about a half hour away from our guy Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride joining us. You guys can always interact with us on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610, and hopefully interact with us next Friday out at Cinderblock Brewery. It's our third annual playoff Pilsner beer release party Friday, January 12th. It starts at 6 o'clock. It's a week from tonight. Of course, Dusty will have his after-hours show broadcasting live starting at 6. The entire 610 crew going to be out there, and F325 Barbecue going to be doing a special tailgate menu. Wings, loaded Mac, barbecue sandwiches. Going to be a great night uh, to kick off the postseason. They were last year, too, right? I don't remember. I feel like somebody brought barbecue to the table last year, and it was delicious. I'm just going to assume it was them. If it was great, it it was them. How about that? If you enjoyed it, it was absolutely them. Yeah, I don't don't remember the, the name of the the food truck uh, last year, but yeah, it was fantastic. It's going to be great again. And uh, we're going to have a, a really nice time getting set for the postseason, which will find out the chief's opponent based off of what happens this weekend. So let's take a look at, at some of these final playoff spots and games that are going to shake out. I mean, the big one is Sunday night football. We all know that Buffalo and Miami. So here's the scenario for Buffalo. Again, they can clinch the AFC East title with the win against Miami. How do the bills get a playoff spot? Well, a tie or Pittsburgh loses or ties, or Jacksonville loses or ties, or Houston Indianapolis <laughs> ties. That's the that's the Buffalo scenario for Miami. It's simple. They win. They win the the AFC East. They're the two seed. They lose. They're the six. It's it's that simple in terms of that. So we'll know the exact scenario before we get to this game. But how do you think this game plays out? Because Miami is banged up right now. Jalen Waddle still hurt. Uh, we know Bradley Chubb unfortunately God, done really for the terrible. season. Jalen Phillips was already done for the season. Okay, so they are undefeated at home, and Miami is playing at home. They only, however, have one win this year that I would qualify as a, like, wow, good job, high-quality opponent win, and that's the win they got against Dallas. Outside of that, nothing Miami has done has been overly impressive. But the at-home part is throwing me. I'll give it to the Bills, but I'll be honest, I'm a little torn here. I do think Miami definitely has a good shot to win this game especially because of how well they play in those circumstances. I just think the injuries have gotten to be so high that they can't overcome it against a Buffalo team that's been fighting for their life for weeks. And then I can't believe we tried to bury them 
like eight weeks ago. Then the Chiefs had a chance to actually marry They'd already them. be out of the playoffs if the Chiefs would have won. This, this game wouldn't even be, would not have been flexed to Sunday Night Football if the Chiefs would have handled their business. Don't don't think that we will not bring this up if the Chiefs eventually lose to the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. How you could have married them. How if somebody could just be on sides, they'd be done for. Yep. And you would have a win and this team would be eliminated. I'll give it to the Bills. They've been fighting for their damn life. I think they're the better team than Miami. I'll give them the slight edge, but I by no means would be surprised if Miami won. Yeah, so the line has gone down, but I like Miami when they were three-point dogs. Now it's down to two and a half, so it's actually going towards uh, Miami for Sunday night football. Yeah, I just think the question is the Bills offense, which has been better, it's still been middle of the road. It's not a dominant offense. And can Tua, I think this is the game where it's like, all right, Tua, you, everybody has applauded you for your performance. You've stayed healthy all year. You've dealt with some injuries at wide receiver. Can you actually will your team to a, a victory in a massive game? Yeah, you're in the postseason no matter what, but we all know there's a big difference between being the two seed or the sixth seed and massive. having to go on the road. All right, now let's back up a little bit and go to the first game of the weekend, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. We know Baltimore's not going to play Lamar Jackson in this Pittsburgh's game. Pittsburgh's going to lose, dude. Um, just like, that's a classic. Pittsburgh's classic a three-point favorite. This line keeps going down. It was four. It was three and a half, I don't know, a half hour ago. It's down to three. Pittsburgh minus three in this one. Uh, must-win spot for the Pittsburgh Steelers if they want to get in. Here's their scenarios. They win, plus a Buffalo loss gets them in. They win, or a Jacksonville, uh, plus a Jacksonville loss. They win, plus a tie in the, the Colts in, in uh, Texans game. There's also some other crazier scenarios as well. But simply put, they got to win this football game, and they still need some help. Mike Tomlin, is he? I think the Steelers are going to get in, man. I do think the Steelers win with Mason Rudolph. Give him the coach of there's, the year, then. There's Screw a, it. Sure. I mean, like, there's a impact actually of having Mason Rudolph that they weren't getting from Trubisky and that is the deep ball and that's where you wonder if, if Pickens and Rudolph could hook up one more time for a deep pass and a big explosive play I think they can against Baltimore who's resting a lot of starters Tyler Huntley is a capable enough yeah. quarterback that I kind of feel like Baltimore is going to find some way to eke this thing out and Pittsburgh is going to come up just short because there's been a lot of these like miracle seasons out of teams where it's like I don't know how the Colts have any business being in the postseason. I don't know the Texans have any business. I don't know the Steelers. Like, there's so many of these teams where I'm like, man, how? How are you still fighting for your life, Atlanta, New Orleans, et cetera? And I feel like Cinderella's story ends for somebody, and I'll just predict that it ends for the Steelers. I just think Tyler Huntley's good enough. He can beat you. This is not a normal backup circumstance. And I, you know, I, I think Baltimore finds some way to win. So the Buffalo is not in a situation which kind of stinks, but the two or the six is still a massive swing because one of those ends up with you going to Kansas City. Yeah, we brought this up uh, the other day. It's like teams that are motivated to win versus not, it doesn't guarantee anything. Like we always think like, no. just because the Steelers are theoretically the more motivated team for a playoffs, but doesn't mean Baltimore and guys on that field aren't motivated. It, it definitely doesn't mean they're more they're motivated to cover. They don't care. They're just trying to win a football game. The Steelers might win by one. They're not they motivated care. to cover the three points for you or the four points for you. All right. Later Saturday night, Texans, Colts, the first time the Texans have played a game this year uh, outside of the uh, one o'clock window or noon window here locally. That's wild. Yeah. And it, they'll get a primetime slot. It's Texans at Colts. Here's what's at stake there. Texans clinch the AFC South, the win, or a Jacksonville uh, loss, right? Houston, if Jacksonville wins, then they're going to win uh, the, uh, the AFC South. For the Colts to get the AFC South, they need a win plus a Jacksonville loss. Uh, the Colts can get a playoff spot, though, if they just win. So that's what's at stake uh, for Indianapolis in, in this one. Can Gardner Minshew do it one more time? Can he do it one more time? The Texans are not the same team they were when C.J. Stroud was there five weeks ago. They don't have not only is C.J. Stroud back, no but they had take Dell then. Yeah, Nico yeah. Collins has been a little banged up. I I think we're going to see the Colts win this game and spoil what has been a great year for D'Amico Ryan's and company in year one. I'm going to take so this is difficult because I think the Colts have the better coach, but the Texans have the better quarterback. I'm going to go better quarterback this time. In a pretty evenly matched up thing, I'm going to go the Houston Texans. Okay. I think the Colts are a little too Jekyll and Hyde. Like, look, they played close. They got they got their ass beat by the Falcons a couple weeks ago, but then they wrecked the Steelers in what was an incredibly important game for them, but got wrecked by the Bengals the week before. Like, they're just kind of a messy team who I can't figure out. It would make more sense to me that they were barreling towards the playoffs if Jonathan Taylor was having, like, the season from Jonathan Taylor a year or two ago and he was just like, he was the reason why the offense was churning. He's been good. He's been a nice player, but he hasn't been that kind of player. I'll just give the Texans the edge. I think these are two teams that have had a really impressive year considering the circumstances. I'm just going to go better quarterback instead of better coach this time.
really good. By the way, there's so many like nine or ten win teams who have coach of the year deserving guys. Well, Stefanski's going to win it, I think. Yeah, he is. But like, I would give Stefanski, Tomlin, Steichen. Like, there's just so many guys who have done a Eagle lot. Ryan's, yeah. Yeah, to like or uh, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. So many people who've like kept themselves alive despite the fact that it didn't feel like they should have. I mentioned the Jags. Uh, they're going to play the Titans on Sunday. Jacksonville's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. It's simple for Jacksonville, despite all the issues they've had with injuries. If they win, they win the AFC South. Uh, other scenarios to get in, they could lose the game if Pittsburgh loses, plus Denver loses, or ties, plus Indianapolis in Houston doesn't end in a tie. That's how you following. That's how Jacksonville can still get in. Just uh, to, win and make to, this easier for me. My yeah, brain hurts thinking it, about exactly. the other ones. Look, the Titans are going to put up a fight in this game, and that's why the line has shifted. At one point, you could have got Jacksonville, or excuse me, the Titans uh, as five and a half point dogs. It's down, as I said, to uh, three and a half. That's pretty big movement. It Two is. points. I think Jacksonville wins, but the reason why we're seeing movement here and the reason why I wouldn't bet it yet is Doug Peterson just spoke in the last half hour and said that Trevor Lawrence could end up being a game-time decision, and he's questionable. C.J. Beathard was good enough to beat the Panthers last week. Is he good enough to beat a Titans team that we know is going to play you hard? Like Mike Frabel, even though the Titans are, are sitting there with what? Where they have like seven wins, six wins, but that, that team is always a tough out. If uh, I'll make this very simple. If Trevor Lawrence plays, I think they win. If he doesn't, I think they lose. Okay. Like, I, I do think that that's the difference between a very tight matchup between the two. I think it's really as simple as... If Trevor Lawrence can get himself on the football field, they're going to beat Tennessee. They're going to find a way to win this division. If not, if you've got like a, you've got a parlay or you had a futures bet on Jacksonville winning the division, might be time to start looking at hedge. If for some reason come Sunday, it looks like he's not going to start. I think it really comes down to that's how thin the margin is because Vrabel will play you tough. Over, he likes to play spoiler. Uh, over in the NFC, Green Bay, after all the, the they, look, there was a point where they beat the Chiefs. Everybody thought, oh, they're going to cruise to the playoffs. Then they yeah, lost no to Tommy DeVito and the Giants, among others. So now the Packers are in a spot against Chicago on Sunday. The Packers are 8-8. Eight and eight. Pa- The Bears are playing a lot better. 7-9, and nine, yeah. Green Bay, here's how they get it. If they just win, Packers get in with a win. Or, again, there's a bunch of weird scenarios of ties and Minnesota yeah, yeah, loses yeah, yeah. and all that. But if the Packers win, they get in to the postseason. What do you make of this matchup? Justin Fields and the Bears look a lot, 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 lot better. This is tough because Jordan Love's played himself into a little more time there in Green Bay. He's had a very nice year. They don't have a single pro bowler and they're still maybe a possible playoff team, which says a little bit about how good of a job Jordan Love has done. I think the Packers will still win. I don't think that the the Packers are way better than the Bears based on the way they're currently playing, but they're the better team. They've been the better team a majority of this year. And I think Jordan Love's had a nice year. I think that LaFleur's done a nice job this year. I just think Green Bay's better. So I just think they'll get the win this weekend, don't you? Yeah, I like Green Bay because they're getting the receivers back healthy. Christian yeah. Watson's been out for multiple weeks. He's practiced for two straight days. Uh, the the young receiver that's all of a sudden come on, Jaden Reed, he's had his practice. Year. Yeah, he can't stay healthy, but he's, he's practiced two straight days. Even Dontavian Wicks, this other young player that's got a lot of playing time because of injury. So I like Green Bay because they should have, it looks like, the full arsenal at running back finally with Dylan and Jones yep. and the full arsenal at wide receivers. So I do think Green Bay ends up winning this game. The only other thing you got to ask yourself is if the the NFC East is somehow, if after the Eagles tripped over themselves and lost to the Cardinals, if the Cowboys are going to return the favor and lose, yeah. fall flat on their face in a matchup in which they're heavily favored as well against Washington. Yeah, they're playing the Commanders. They're winning the division, going, right? The Commanders who are going back to Sam Howell this week. What a mess. We know Ron Rivera is going to get fired on Monday. Uh, Dallas, they win, they clinch the NFC East, or if they tie and Philly ties, or if the Eagles just lose outright. But the Eagles are playing the New York football giants. It's going to be a fun weekend. I know the chiefs game doesn't matter, but I'm excited about a lot of the other games, right? This is a great, like there are yeah. a lot of other interesting games. Cause there's 20 teams still alive for a playoff spot. Just the chiefs game doesn't matter for anything. Doesn't change their seating. No. The chargers are worthless. Easton stick versus Blaine Gabbert's not moving the needle for anybody. So that one's just kind of stuck in neutral, but the rest of the slate, I'm very much interested in. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll check in with our guy Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. We know the Chiefs just got done playing uh, Cincinnati. And before that game, there was a lot of noise from Jamar Chase uh, basically saying, right, the Chiefs don't have any corners. It's There's no Jalen Ramsey on that defense. That got Legereus Sneed and the defense fired up. We know the Chiefs shut down Jamar Chase. And then after the game, Jamar Chase was still talking how Sneed wouldn't fight him, which was a dumb comment uh, from Chase as well. And then Chase was asked yesterday afternoon about his future in Cincinnati a little bit. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to play this clip and then I'll tell you how, uh, my, what my take is on it. This is Jamar Chase meeting with people at the end of the season, as you said, about his future in Cincinnati and why he would like that to include a big bag of money with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> really just probably just up front, for real. Probably so, yeah. I don't know. You're going a little too far now, buddy. I don't know. Give you a little spice. Don't take all of it. Uh, hmm. That's a good question. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who knows? It depends how much I'm taking. It depends at the end of the day. Because then I might not really be taking a cut. They might cut someone else, someone else. You know what I'm saying? It might come from somewhere else. How confident are you that you know, this, it looks like you and Joe are going to be you know, the foundation of whatever this is going to be like? <clears throat> uh, I mean, that's cool. I mean, make everyone else around us better. I mean, that's the whole objective. That's the reason why they got us. You know what I'm saying? We, we got to lead by example. They look at us as leaders, so got to lead by example. Okay, so he says he wants all of his money up front. Yeah, I just wish Jamar Chase would be confident in himself. Yeah, you know. I, I just wish he would be really only. confident in himself. Drew, cover your ears for just a minute. Get out. Drew needs to get out? Who, me? Drew needs to get out? The Cincinnati Bengals needs to get out. Trey Chase, get out. Whoa, okay, okay. Walk! Okay, okay. Run! Okay. Sprint! Dude, okay. the second a player starts being like, I don't think there's any money left for Higgins. I need all my money up front, which is, by the way, objectively bad for the team. We all know that that's a bad structure for team. And he's just like, he talks like he's Jerry Wright. He's a very good player. But very, he talks like he's player. one of the five best wide receivers of all time. Yeah. Get out. Walk. Pay Higgins. Pay someone else. Yeah. There's a lot of wide receivers in the draft. Move on. You say that. The but second that this came down to Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs, when he was like, I no, understand. I just want a big bag of money and I want to be the richest person on the planet. They're like, it was nice knowing you, Tyreek. Yeah, I think there's differences here. Adios. Though. I think there's plenty of differences here. So for starters, I, I hear you. Um, and I know it, in Kansas City, uh, you're supposed to just hate Jamar Chase, right? Like, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, he makes it easy I, sometimes. In I also think it's pretty clear if you listen to the beginning of the way he answered about saying, yeah, I just want it all. I'm, the way he was, he, to me, he was joking around a little bit as well. Um, he's obviously very, very confident in himself. He I would is, say so. He is great. He's obviously not a Hall of Famer yet, and he's not on that pace, by the way, to be one. Maybe he will be one day. However, you saying they should trade him is absolutely insane, man. Get out. It's not the same as Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill was he's also multiple, contract, multiple yeah. contracts in. Later in his career, the Chiefs still had uh, Travis Kelsey around. With all due respect to – They also had a the, Super Bowl title. With all due respect to T. Higgins, who I love in Kansas City – the Chiefs had a Hall of Famer in Travis Kelsey. They're still, they're like, okay, if we lose Travis, Tyree Kill, we'll sure. be all right. Which, by the way, again, they won the Super Bowl the next year. And so I think it's a little bit different circumstance. Cincinnati needs to keep Jamar Chase there. They're going to keep Jamar Chase there. Now, maybe in four years, we're having a different conversation, right? Maybe at that point in time, you look at the roster makeup and Cincy, they haven't won a Super Bowl. And at that point, they're like, okay, it's time to get out. He's a little bit older. But absolutely not. That's crazy. They're not trading him, nor should they. Get out. Drew, thoughts? You're saying that, and then the second they say, oh, yeah, he's on the trade block, you're going to be on the show begging the Chiefs to get him as they soon as handle, possible. You know, they'll they'll do a better you job. Know, you know Drew's correct on that, right? <laughs> well, you know he's correct on that. begging Dude, them to get rid of Jamar so that the Chiefs can slide in. would never trade Jamar to the Chiefs. You're not going to trade him anybody. Are but yeah. you kidding? It's also, <laughs> I don't know if the league is going to keep going this way. This isn't as crazy as a thing as you think as it was two years ago when everyone in the league decided to all trade their elite-level wide receivers. I don't know why it happened, but all at once, everyone was like, bye, A.J. Brown. That deal has been horrible for Tennessee. Bye, Tyreek Hill. They won a Super Bowl the next year, so there's no way you can say that's been a horrible deal. And two of their it's also worked out for Miami. Caliber, yeah. Oh, it's worked out for both. <laughs> yeah. That's a win-win trade, one of the very few. And it might work out that way for... Cincinnati, if they were to go down that road, maybe look, I don't, I'm not with the text. I said, I'd walk on Jamar Burrow can't stay healthy. I'm not looking to do that necessarily. It's not about Burrow's yeah, text line saying that Jamar should just say, I don't want to be there anymore. And he should just walk through. They don't, don't want just, to be part of that system franchise system quarterbacks. You know, you know what? Look, Patrick Mahomes should walk too, because he <laughs> shouldn't have to deal with the wide receiver core that no, the Chiefs the, currently have. See the different difference. Drew is Mahomes has won these things called rings. We have these in Multiple. Kansas city. We have them. They exist. They're big, Joe shiny, they got a bunch of diamonds in them. They're cool. Joe Burrow has one, just yeah. not with the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> in college. <laughs> in high school, right? Uh, what did like, he lost like two games all the way through like high school uh, and college? That was Jake Browning. Uh, Jamar Chase is not going anywhere, and I, I do know. think he was joking around. Now, he's, by the way, he, should, he deserves every penny. Like, 
Absolutely. We've always said this. I do think players are allowed to be like, I'm not taking a discount for you. Why do I owe you a discount? But then teams are allowed to respond and kind of, of like, cool, we get it. They're going to take care we of Jamar. Understand. They're going to take care of Jamar. This the is... question is, is it such a big deal? And if he truly does want money up front in a huge, huge way, which he, it sounds like he, he also does, said he hopes Justin um, Jefferson gets that, a deal before he does. He yeah. did. Yeah. Because yeah. he gets smart. Again, smart. I have no problem with that. But what he is saying about the guarantee money, it will have an impact on whether or not they can do anything with T. Higgins. I mean, that's just reality. Yeah. There's no way they're going to be, if Jamar needs to be in his mind the highest paid wide and receiver, and he wants a bunch of it up front, well, then buy T. Then they will not be able to take care of T. Higgins on top of that. And Correct. if they do, then they're going to have major issues elsewhere on their roster. Part of what's weird about this, and this happened a little bit again with Tyreek, but it was after the fact. You very, even if they're lying, even when players are lying about it, because like, let's say Chris Jones, who's like, I want to play here for my whole career. I want to be a forever. And people are like, wait, but you also want to be the highest paid? Those two things don't compute. Normally they say the other thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Jamar, so I guess I can either applaud him for his. Honesty I appreciate like, the honesty. Are you really? I do appreciate. He's fun. He is fun. Like, look, we can. Doesn't mean you can't be criticized. We certainly do. But oh, he's yeah. he's fun. That's he's always fun. like the misunderstanding. Like, you want us to be honest? Uh, I'm like, yes, but I'm still allowed to like he, criticize the honesty sometimes. Yeah, that's how it works. Like, I love the fact that he like likes to talk. It's entertaining. It's great content. But also, when you're talking after losing again to the Chiefs, yeah, people are gonna be critical of it and call you out for it. That's how this works. I mean, along with that conversation too, outside of just the money side of things, I think he was asked in that little conversation by his locker, like knowing this could be potentially the last game with Tyler Boyd and maybe even T Higgins, what's your mindset going in? He was like, I'm just trying to enjoy every moment that we have together, you know, because we never know when, when, when it's going to stop. So, I mean that Tyler Boyd's going to be gone. It's just hearing him say that as well as who, who knows what they're going to do. I think realistically, I think they tag T Higgins. And then after that, after next year, he will walk and be unrestricted and whoever can sign him wants to sign him. I mean, for T, it's not all that bad because you get the $16 million or $20 million, and he'll still be like a 25-year-old free agent wide yeah. receiver. Well, and if and he's not year, coming off a particularly yeah, good year exactly. this year. Exactly. If he can get through next season and he's healthy and then their production, he could potentially get even more money. I mean, it's not – and we're going to talk about it later. It's not a, like a, a, actually a, as great of a free agent wide receiver class as everybody makes it out to be. No, it's not, you know, it's like, not particularly great. Because like, Gabe Davis might be like the fifth-best available wide receiver. It's better than last year's. Yeah, but like – Michael Pittman Jr. probably is not getting out of ND. Uh, T. Higgins maybe gets out of Sensi. And then, yeah, after that, you're talking about uh, Mike Evans, who will be 31 in August, who's going to get paid, don't worry. And, and we'll have all offseason to talk about Mike Evans. I'm a little concerned about giving a multi year deal to a guy that'll be 31 before the start of the season. Um, but he's incredible. I'll give him that. I mean, like, he, hasn't, he doesn't look like he's lost anything, but, you know. Yeah, you got to be worried about what two years looks like from now. I do wonder because the Chiefs wide receiver. This is going to be a bigger offseason conversation, but just real quickly, since we're talking about the Chiefs wide receiver Jamar Chase, because of Rasheed Rice, they're in a really interesting spot where, because you're on the last couple of years of Travis Kelsey dominance, hypothetically, because like just how long he'll be in the league, if you brought in Evans, a true number one wide receiver in this league for a very long time, to pair with a hopefully continuing developing Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. That is a really good receiver unit for a couple of years of just going for rings. You'd still haven't solved any of your long-term problems, and there's no doubt about that. But for a couple of years, if you're just about rings, that ain't all that bad of a way to set yourself up. It's not. I think, again, I know you don't like when I bring up Travis Kelsey and what production could be a year or something. I know that now. it's reliant on Kelsey yeah. staying similar and yeah. Rasheed Rice getting a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, that, that, the, the just qu- one of the two, really, honestly. Like, can you go into even next season – thinking and I know he's 16 yards away from another thousand yard and eight and straight the text I pointed out he should have yeah. already had a thousand yards yes. if Kadarius Tony just lined up on side that was a 24 yard completion before he passed it over yes um the question will be yeah can you go into next season banking on a thousand yards again and I'm not so sure you can now if Travis Kelsey next year even has 800 but other guy like you can live with that totally. It still puts him as like a top two tight end in football if he does that, or three, I think, this year, because Sam Laporta is legit. Uh, it's because Laporta and Kittle had big time years. So I guess you'd be three or four. You can live with Kelsey next year being the third uh, receiving yardage wise best tight end in football as long as you got the other pieces in the wide receiver room. You, you, you can't have him drop off 300 yards next year, 200 yards next year if God, your I just wide don't think receiver. That'll happen, but yeah, I understand. I mean, it's, like it's, it's, it's very possible, though, man. Like, the other guys, like Laporta and Hawkinson, these guys we consider, like, and, and everyone's like, this is like the Lamar MVP thing. to be like, God, Kittle's having such an incredible year. He's got, like, 40 yards <laughs> yeah. more than Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey stinks. Yeah, that Man's getting old. Crazy. 
Get him off the field. He has 40 less yards than George Kittle. Yeah, that's we've seen a it. ton of. That's it. I think a lot of the Travis Kelsey, like people calling him washed, is, is just the whole Taylor Swift crap that people. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's nonsense. It started again in September, and it was like, oh, it's a fake marketing ploy. And then it clearly is real. Heck, they might get engaged in the next six months. Who knows? And then it went from. I told you, I said that was going to happen inside a year. Then it went from being fake to, yeah, just people now just sick of it to then now people are trying to act like he's having a bad season because of her. All of it is ridiculous. Uh, for whatever reason, people hate other people being happy. That's what we've learned I even like more. I like people being happy. Personally. But that's that's what I've learned more in the last couple months about this whole situation. Although someone did send me a video of, um, I, I saw a video that made me be like, boy, I wished for some happiness for you. Did you see that video of X Factor yesterday? He got arrested, right? Alleg- or, I, well, for allegedly doing something. I don't know. Dude, I, I don't know if we should play the audio or not on this show because of other But in this video, he... Says how do we, how going, did we get to X Factor? He's he's banned. He's banned from he's banned from the stadium currently, as you know, after his fight with Red Extreme. He claims that he's going to go to the game anyway, dressed up as a different super fan. Oh gosh! Then he claims that, and I'm not kidding, Derek Johnson, Eric Berry, and like he names like seven other players have called the Chiefs on his behalf. Okay. okay. To end his ban <laughs> at Arrowhead, so that should be coming to an he end soon. Says that I'm a meth addict, <laughs> which I I'm a cocaine addict. Uh, it's bleak. bleak. So you, you guys have like WWE names for these. Uh, oh, we, don't, oh, we, don't Red Extreme, we don't name them. Red Extreme and X Factor. WWE guys. We don't mess around with super fans in this city. Jeez. It is a weird, wild time. <laughs> I'll, play, I'll play the video for you in the break. You should see it. Yeah, we'll talk to our guy Pete Sweeney of Farrowhead Pride. Ask him how he sees Sunday going from just an incentive basis, an injury basis, heading into the matchup against the Chargers. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.